You're listening to episode 176 of the Room to Grow podcast. I'm Emily Goff, a podcasting coach, lifestyle entrepreneur, and a Canadian with a sense of curiosity and adventure, always asking more questions and using stories to connect with and positively impact others. Here on the Room to Grow podcast, we're going deep into big topics like relationships, mental health, business, confidence, lifestyle, personal development, and entrepreneurship, and being open, honest, and real about how to learn from tough lessons along the way when life throws you into the unexpected. I bring you thoughts and guests with stories that will change the way you look at the world and yourself so that we can learn from each other and grow with lots of self-love and compassion every step of the way. There's always more room to grow. Are you ready? Let's do this. Hey there, welcome back to the Room to Grow podcast, and I am pumped to share today's guest. We're going to be talking to Scott Aaron, who is a best-selling author, international speaker, and a human connection specialist. And honestly, this man is just incredibly genuine, warm, and with this unique ability that I have found to be somewhat rare to connect with all kinds of different people from various walks of life. Uh, I was introduced to him by my business coach, Sarah Swain, uh, when he came into our mastermind to coach us on LinkedIn. And he was just a delight to have on the podcast. He's a fantastic guest and you guys are going to get so much out of this interview. So he talks to us about what he calls uh, brain tattoo moments, which I loved when kind of that moment in time impacts us so heavily that it stays imprinted on us forever. And he shares with us his very personal story that saw him entering business at an extremely young age, becoming a millionaire in his 20s, losing it all, and how he bounced back to where he is now. Uh, He goes into a lot around building resilience and why nothing is impossible. And he's also talking to us about the power of LinkedIn and how it can be a very misunderstood and highly underutilized platform that you should absolutely be taking advantage of with your business. Um, So he's also giving us some information on how to form relationships with strangers on the internet without coming across as sleazy or desperate, which is a question that I get asked very often. And he also wants us to let people know why we do what we do and to not focus so much on what we do instead. This is really, really powerful. And I have to say, Scott is also the first time that I have had someone on the podcast to talk specifically about uh, business, but he ended up giving us so much more than that in this interview. And it was really, really cool. Such a good listen. And I think you're going to get a ton from listening to this one. So I'm not going to hold it up. Let's go. Scott, thank you so much for jumping on. Absolutely. Just, you know, grateful for the opportunity and, and just, you know, again, I, I live in a world of collaboration and, and creation. So just happy to be here to share myself with your audience and, and to spend some time with you. I love it. Oh my gosh, this is awesome. Yeah, we've been, uh, we were coordinating various time zones as is the case when I'm over here in Bali and uh, I'm so excited that we made this work. So tell us a little bit about you and who you are, your, your background a little bit. You have a, a really interesting backstory um, and what you what you do as well, how yeah. you work with people. I'll, you know, for the respect of the time of, of you and the listeners, I'll, I'll go to my backstory, but I'll, I'll give you the, the very short version of it. And you heard this before when I did a, a training for a mastermind that you're a part of. And basically I, I talk about these brain tattoo moments where they, they impact you in such a way that if it didn't happen, it wouldn't have led you to where that person is today. And, and it, if this specific moment didn't happen to me almost 22 years ago, I would not be here today with you on this podcast. And, and that moment for me was when I was 18 going on 19, 
my father, who had always been an entrepreneur, ended up breaking partnership in the, in the company that he owned to partner with an existing company that he then began working for. But in the midst of that, was caught up in a $9.5 million insurance fraud case, which ended up having him land in prison for two and a half years. And this is when I was 18 and a half years old. I was going into my sophomore year of college and I didn't know it, but this was going to be my introduction into entrepreneurship. At the time, my father was preparing our family because he obviously knew that the worst was going to happen. And he purchased a gym that was failing in downtown Philadelphia, which inevitably the keys were turned over to me when my father went to prison. And I remember him turning around and saying to me, he goes, now you're the man of the house because I was now the one responsible not only for taking care of my sister and my mother, but I was now the one responsible for taking care of the business. Now, I was, I was always an athlete, but I was not a fitness fanatic. I never really worked out. I just was an active person. I was more of a hippie. So, you know, for those that, that have never seen me or what I look like, I, you know, I have a shaved head and everything now, but I used to have a big Jufro and I was a hippie. So I used to, I used to kind of travel around the country following a band called Fish and that was my jam. And I was basically, I tell people that, you know, the, the Afro came off the patchwork pants went away, the Birkenstocks went in the closet, and I, I had to step into this adult role as, as a teenager. And I completely fell in love with the fitness industry. I got my certification in sports nutrition, personal training, and group fitness instruction, and I, I dove in. And I helped grow the gym from about 300 members to close to 1,100 over the two and a half years that my father was in prison. He came back, and one gym turned into two gyms. And uh, about a year after that, when we opened up our second gym in 2003, we were approached by another family to sell the gyms and we were offered an, a million dollar buyout and we took the buyout. So at 26 years old, I became actually at 24 years old, I became a millionaire and it was very surreal. I, I can't really describe what it felt like. It was, it seems like eons ago, but it was a very surreal moment because you know, you're working so hard to get somewhere that you never think this kind of opportunity is going to happen, but it does. So we actually stayed on to manage both of these gyms for the new family coming in. And I grew my personal training practice, continuing upwards of six figures, which was very good for a personal trainer, but also meant you really had no life because you were training all day, every day. And in 2004, my father had the bug to open up another gym. So we did, and it, this was our third and final location in East Falls, which is just outside of the Rocky Steps by the Art Museum in Philadelphia, if anyone is familiar. But at this point, my mother and father had no credit, so everything was put into my name. And I didn't really understand what that meant from a, a professional standpoint, but what it did mean is three years later, as I was going through certain paperwork, I found myself in $1.5 million of liability debt because everything was in my name. But I continued to work hard and I pushed forward. And between 2008 and 2014, I was married and divorced twice. And the second marriage uh, provided me one of the greatest gifts, which is now my seven-year-old little boy, Taylor. But also, I, I became more emotionally mature. 
And it obviously led me to attracting the woman of my dreams into my life now, Nancy. We're getting married later next year. But most importantly, prior to my second divorce in 2013, I said yes to an opportunity in network marketing, which I didn't believe was a pyramid scheme or a Ponzi. I believed in multiple streams of income because, you know, someone asked me a question. It was a great question. They said, Scott, if you get sick or injured where you can't personal train, the gym closes, what are you going to then do for income? And it was a really good question because it forced me to turn the mirror around. And, and I said to myself, they're absolutely right. I would be screwed if one of those things happened. So I said yes to network marketing. I dove in with, with both hands and both feet quickly within two years matched my income that I was making as a personal trainer. And a year later, I was in the position to actually move on from the gym for two reasons. Number one, I had the residual income coming in from my network marketing opportunity. But number two, I stepped into my zone of genius, which happened to be LinkedIn. And there's a lot of listeners on here that probably don't know much about it, or they have a profile, but so in network marketing, you're paid based on the amount of communication you can have, the conversations, the relationships that you build. And I was spending a lot of time on Facebook and Instagram, like a lot of people did and still do, but it wasn't creating the meaningful relationships that I wanted to. And one of my core values is connection. You know, in when I was personal training, I spent 65,000 hours one-on-one -on -one with people. And I found myself just kind of posting and praying and waiting for people to fall into my lap. And it just wasn't feeling right to me. So I dove into LinkedIn, I started connecting with the mirror image of myself from a professional standpoint. So other trainers, other sports nutritionists, other gym owners, they started contacting me back and I started enrolling them in my business. And I was like, holy shit, I think I have something here. So I reached out to a friend of mine and I said, Joey, listen, you gotta get on LinkedIn. I want you to do A, B, and C of what I knew at that time. And I said, get back to me in a week and let me know what happens. And he did. And he said, call me. So I did. And he said, dude, whatever you're doing, it works. He goes, I have 14 appointments booked. So then I happened to go on to a, a live phone call podcast. And I was just sharing what I knew about the platform. And when I got off, I checked Facebook and I had nine inboxes from people that wanted to hire me. Hire me for what? I didn't know. I didn't have anything for them to actually purchase, but I had to create on demand. So that was actually the birth of my LinkedIn coaching. So now I had my LinkedIn coaching going. I had my residual income from network marketing going. So I started to live expansively, but I had this, this monkey on my back, which was this gym, which was my father's dream. And there were two things that happened. Number one, I went to go sell a house that I owned in downtown Philadelphia. And at closing, I was expecting about $35,000 worth of equity to be coming back to me with what was in the house. But Instead, I got a check for $837, which was because my house was being used as collateral for the gym's equipment, which meant whatever money was owed left on the equipment was taken out of the equity of the house, which left me with $837. So that was kind of like the big red flag that I got to dig deeper, which I did. And I found out that I was also the guarantor personally of the lease of my gym, which means if something happened to the gym... I would be personal liable for every dollar owed on the remainder of that lease, which at that time was $450,000. So at this point, I called my father into my office 
And I said, dad, we're breaking partnership. I'm doing this hundred percent myself. You're going to have to find somewhere else to train. He didn't fight. He didn't argue. He packed his bag. He left. We didn't speak for nearly a year and a half, but I'm happy to tell you that everything is good. We actually just went to the Sixers game together last night. We, all, we were always meant to be father and son, not business partners. It was just the circumstances that we had, but everything did end up for the best for the both of us. He's still training, he's living his life, and I'm living mine. Now, I met with my business attorney and I expressed to him what was going on. And he said, you have two options. Number one, you can continue going forward because the gym at this point was losing about two to $3,000 a month. I was hemorrhaging. And he said, option B is you file for personal bankruptcy. And when I heard bankruptcy, I didn't hear your life is over. I heard your life is about to begin. So on July 1st of 2016, I filed for personal bankruptcy. This was my only way out of this situation. So I left a note on the door, July 31st of 2016, thanking my members, my instructors, my, my personal trainers for their 12 years of service and commitment to the community and this gym. I locked the door, I shut the lights off, and I never came back. So on August 1st of 2016 was when I really started living the life of my dreams in my own terms, and it's been a, a rocket ship ever since. And someone asked me a few months ago, they said, how would you describe your life and yourself in one word. And my reply was resiliency. Sometimes we are dealt hands in life that look really, really shitty, but sometimes you have to play them anyway and make the best of it. So my message to everyone listening to this is that, you know, through bankruptcy, through two divorces, through making millions to losing millions, to getting bullied and picked on when I was a kid, there's always a way to rise to the top. And the only way that you can do that is continue moving forward. And that's exactly how I live my life each and every day. That's so powerful. And I, I so agree about the resiliency. I think that it's one of the greatest traits that human beings can have is to develop resiliency. And the thing is, is that no one sets out necessarily seeking to build it, but it's kind of like you said, like sometimes life just happens and you end up being stronger than you think you are. And yeah. you're left with very few options other than to find a way through it. And that is what is going to build that resiliency that will end up serving you in the longer term. 100%. Absolutely. Okay. So my gosh, I have so many questions there. Let's, let's dig into LinkedIn a little bit more because I get so many questions about LinkedIn and I, I need to know a lot more about LinkedIn. So I know that when you came into uh, the mastermind that I'm in, I learned so much from you and I already knew that, that I was massively underutilizing LinkedIn, but I don't think that enough people realize that. So what, what do you want people to know the most about LinkedIn and what do you feel like are some of the, some of the things that are most un misunderstood about LinkedIn? Well, there's a lot that's misunderstood. Number one, people think it's for recruiting or getting a job, which mm -hmm. it's not. When Microsoft bought them out three and a half years ago, which is one of three companies that hit the $1 trillion valuation mark, uh, outside of, of Google, uh, Apple, and Amazon, it, it, it's, it's a powerhouse. They, they made it into this, this platform of connection and collaboration and creation and networking. 
And I, I did a podcast episode the other day on mine, which I'm grateful that you're going to be a part of, that for entrepreneurs, if they go all in with Instagram and Facebook, it, that will bankrupt your business. And what I meant by that is it doesn't produce the amount of conversations required to actually move your business forward. And it's funny, Instagram, the official Instagram account, actually released a post that they were doing a test in six countries. I think New Zealand, Australia, Canada, and three others that they were actually removing likes and views on all of those accounts because they wanted to see the psychological difference that it would have on people's content and if it would change the way that they post because people put content out there for views and likes and they don't want that. And when Facebook came out with the dating app, it basically was all these red flags that told me that they want this for personal use, not professional use. And the other thing that I tell people is that if you have any high ticket items, you have coaching, you have masterminds, you need to play to the numbers. And what people don't know about LinkedIn is that there's the three most important factors when choosing a social media platform. And, and by all means, I am not convincing you guys to stop using Facebook and Instagram. It's very important to be omnipresent on everything. You need your messages on as many platforms as possible, but you have to understand who you're marketing to, who you're connecting with, who you're impacting, who you're leaving better. And there's three things that you need to look at. Number one, the amount of connections that you can have, the average income of the end user that you know, obviously could purchase something that you have to offer, and also the age demographic, so you need your relatable audience. So Facebook and Instagram, the average age and income is 18 to 29 years old with a yearly income of $30,000 a year or less, and you're only allowed 5,000 friends on Facebook, and Instagram does have the highest ratio of fake accounts to real accounts on all of social media. Now you look at LinkedIn, where the average age is 35 to 55 with a yearly income of $100,000 a year or more, where you're also allowed 30,000 organic unpaid free connections, it just makes sense. So when I heard all of these, and I always tell people, and you heard this in my training, that facts are friendly. My mom always says to me, and she still does. So all of these things were facts, and as I started to peel back the layers of the power of LinkedIn, I said, people have this platform all wrong. They are misunderstood. They are giving misinformation. And as long as people start going down the rabbit holes of scrolling and trolling and posting and praying and spending all their time on their Instagram stories, pitching and selling and not connecting, you are never going to fully impact people to influence them in the right way that could increase your income and impact on a global scale. I think that everyone should rewind a little bit and re-listen to this last portion of everything that you just said, because it, I mean, we all know this to be true, especially things about, you know, like the, the fake accounts on Instagram, they're endless. They're absolutely endless. And those people are not buying from us and we are leaving money on the table when we aren't even utilizing LinkedIn. And I have absolutely in the past been one of those people who just considered it to be somewhere where you just search for a job. And then I started learning more about it because, and I want to hear more from you on this as well, that I had no idea until a year or so ago that LinkedIn offers things like 
uh, publishing articles and uh, they have groups set up like Facebook has groups. Um, all of these, these, these things that are part of that platform that I never even associated with it. I had no clue that that was even part of it. So walk us through that a little bit and how we can use some of those things to our advantage as well to make more of these connections and to, to make LinkedIn work for us essentially. Well, first and foremost, your network is in direct correlation to your net worth. Mm -hmm. So if you have a small network, you're going to have a small net worth because you're basically pitching and promoting to the same people each and every day. And that's why I love LinkedIn because you can have that brand new network of 30,000 connections. And I've actually grown mine organically with the free version of LinkedIn. I've never had premium. I've never had sales navigator. I've never had any of those things. And I've grown up from about 500 connections to nearly 27,000 in just over three years. And everyone can do that. But what people don't understand is that this platform is about content consumption. It has the highest organic reach and organic engagement on all of social media. Gary Vaynerchuk's been talking about this all year. He's been blasting out, you got to get on LinkedIn, you got to get on LinkedIn. And it's so true. You know, there was an outside third-party company that, that studied organic lead generation between Facebook to LinkedIn over six months. And LinkedIn was 277% more effective. Not 27%, not 100%, 200, nearly 300% more effective for lead generation. If you're in any sort of coaching, if you're teaching people certain things, leads are your lifeline. Connections are your lifeline. So if you're marketing to the same people over and over again on Facebook and Instagram, Again, I'll go back to what I stated previously, it will bankrupt your business. I can't stress to you enough, Emily, how many people I have spoken to, their businesses are going backwards because they've pushed their chips in all in on two platforms, namely Facebook and Instagram, where you have to pay to play. You have to. You got to boost posts. You got to run Instagram ads. LinkedIn, you don't have to pay for anything. It's all free because Going back to what the book, The Science of Getting Rich States by Wallace D. Waddles, live in a life of creation and collaboration instead of a life of competition and comparison. So most people are competing and comparing on Facebook and Instagram. So I shifted over and I'm like, screw that. I'm going to focus on collaboration and creation on LinkedIn because that's where you can be heard most. It's where you can be seen most. So it is so advantageous for the content creator to be the undisputed champion of content, whether that's publishing an article once to twice a week, whether that's doing a video once or twice a week, whether that's putting out a post out every single day or starting a conversation in a group that you're in once a week. All you have to do is connect more and sell less because you have to build that know, like, and trust factor before you do anything else. And I'll go back to something that I, I love. It's, it's, a, it's a movie called The Great Dictator. And it was Charlie Chaplin's first speaking movie. And he gave a speech. It's called The Great Dictator Speech. You can find it on YouTube. And there was, it's about a four and a half minute speech. It's incredible. But there's one line that I love. And I correlate this to what I do and how I help people. And he says, people think too much and they feel too little. And I correlate that to what I see people doing right now. They're selling too much and they're connecting too little. So when you connect more and sell less, you're gonna build the best business possible. 
So when you're putting content out there, you're not selling, you're connecting, you're giving tips, you're giving takeaways, you're giving action steps. So if anyone ever follows me on any of my social media, I'm rarely ever selling. And if I am selling, it's to something that's free, like a free webinar I'm doing. So I constantly give, 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 give. So I, I create that right for the no like, and trust to then ask if there's a way I can help them and if they would be open to investing in me in their business. Does that make sense? Yes, absolutely. And I can so relate to you on this because I rarely ever sell on, uh, on Instagram or anywhere else. And I am about to go into a launch. So I'll, I'll be talking about some of my services a little bit more often, obviously, but people approach me asking how they can work with me. And I never say a word. I, I, I rarely go to them and say, here, I've got this, this paid thing. Do you want to work with me? I constantly have people coming out of the woodwork saying, how do I work with you? Literally people have said to me, how do I pay you? And I know that it's because I work so hard to give the value and give the connection. And that's the part that most people are missing from their business is the connection factor. And 100%. yeah. And then they're surprised when, when they're not making the money and people want to hire the person. They don't, they don't give a shit as much about the coaching. They care about the coach. And when we're not making that connection, they're never going to get to know you as the coach. So why would they hire you? It's, it's so true because the fact is, is that, again, I'll go back to something that I just stated. You have to earn the right to ask. Mm -hmm. People are asking before, you know, you saw this in the slides that I did, is that there's, there's one aspect of life and business that there is no opt-in email sequence or click funnel for, and that's human connection. So the people that are willing to take the hardest road possible will create the easiest life possible. Most people are looking for that easy road because they think that leads to an easy life, but you're wrong. Shortcuts lead you to nowhere. So sometimes you have to take that long, arduous road, you know, using your business and life as a marathon, not a sprint to really impact people the way that you want to. But again, I'll, I'll, I'll totally go off of something that you just said. I did a free speaking event in California about a month ago where it was a workshop. I wasn't, there was no even, I didn't even have a slide where it mentioned that I had any services. I was just doing a training on LinkedIn. And from that, 10% of the room hired me. <laughs> it's incredible. <laughs> I literally, I was having lunch with them and literally someone literally just slid, they slid their credit card to me. They said, I want to hire you. How can I do that? Didn't even, <laughs> Didn't even know what I, and that's the thing. If you provide so much value that people are like, holy shit, like if this is what he gives out for free, imagine what I can get if I actually invest in him. And that's the notion. So you need to give people are, I remember listening to a podcast that somebody was doing and they had another LinkedIn expert on there. And this person was so protective of their coaching practice that the host was having such a difficult time bringing value to the episode because the person was being so vague and so surfacy that basically they had to cut the episode short. And that just told me that when you are too protective of your services and you are too protective of your business and brand where you're afraid if you give too much, you're going to get too little. It's the reverse. When you give as much as you can, 
you will get as much as you can back. So you do have to give, give, give to end up getting something back. So my whole livelihood is giving as much of myself to my networks and my clients and my friends and my family as possible so I leave them better than when I found them without asking anything back in return because it's the universal law. You know, you give without expecting anything back in return, but you know what? The universe is going to give you what you ask for. And that's such a powerful mindset shift because so many of us can come from this place of, of scarcity. And I've, I've actually heard uh, Amy Porterfield talk about this too, that when she's talking about, you know, what to put together in terms of a lead magnet or some sort of freebie or something like that. She's like, you want to, to give enough that you almost get that little stomach lurch, like, oh, is this too much? And she's like, and that's when you know you've given enough <laughs> because you want to make sure that you're giving so much value that people are really going to recognize that in you. And like you said, Scott, be like, holy shit, if she's giving this away for free, what on earth am I going to get inside the course or the coaching or whatever? <laughs> and it's just, it makes it so clear to people how much you have to teach and how much you have to give. It's one of those things where if you do get that, I was on a podcast about three weeks ago and the host made me go really deep, like literally questions that I had never been asked before about LinkedIn. And it was the deepest training I had ever done on a podcast episode. So deep that her episodes when she does interviews are typically only 20 to 25 minutes our episode was an hour and 15. That's awesome. And, and it blew up. And I mean, I, 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 and I ended up getting clients from it. I actually had people reach out that wanted to hire me because again, this is the over delivering factor. Provide so much value that you leave people better that's going to pique their interest to wanting more. And if, if people just live in that principle, they will have the most successful businesses because they will be impacting people in the right way and the most effective way possible. That's so, so good. I couldn't agree more. And it just makes such, such a difference. And I mean, to, to kind of bring this back to LinkedIn, what are some of the biggest mistakes that you see people making when they're trying to improve their LinkedIn profile? So let's say that, that somebody is just starting out, they hear this podcast, they want to, to take the leap to do something better and they start making some changes, but what are some of the, the mistakes that people make when they're starting to, to make that shift? Well, I'll make this really easy. If anybody goes to my website, scottaaron.net, you'll see something under my services. It says free infographic. It's a free download that anyone could ever have. It's a, basically, it's a profile optimizer. So you can download that. It'll teach you everything you need to know. But the mistake that people make is again, they're trying to sell too much from their profile. Contact me, call me if you would like to say, no, you let people know why you do what you do. I go back to what Simon Sinek talks about with the golden circle. You know, people care more about why you do what you do than what you actually do. So letting people know why you do what you do. And, you know, for those that are listening that have their own entrepreneurial endeavors or they have a network marketing business, brand yourself. I don't care if you're selling products, if you're selling yourself, people do buy you. You are the business, you are the brand, and your profile, because Microsoft bought them out, they embedded search engine optimization. So one of the best advice 
that I've ever gotten when I first started my entrepreneurial endeavor. One of my first mentors said to me, they said, Scott, you need to look yourself in the mirror and you have to ask yourself, how am I going to recruit me today? And it was one of those light bulb moments. I'm like, oh my God, that makes so much sense. If I'm on this professional business platform, I have to be looking for the business professional side of myself, which were other trainers and other nutritionists, other gym owners. So I started connecting with the mirror image of myself because I could have the most relatable conversation. So I made sure on my profile, it's changed over the years because I do different things now, but I had nutritionist, I had gym owner, I had personal trainer, blasted all over in the headline, in the about me section, in the experience section, under certifications, because people use LinkedIn now as a search engine. So I want you guys to just sit into that for a second. Just imagine the fact that people are on LinkedIn using it just like they would Google, Bing, or Yahoo. So if you have the right keywords on your platform, and, and Emily, this is something that I assisted you with on the free training I did, which is you know, connecting with other podcasters, collaborating with other podcasters, because literally the search engine on LinkedIn is just like that of Google, where you can, you can type in podcast host and you can start connecting with other podcast hosts. You send them a very, very genuine message of connecting and collaborating, and you see where it goes. So the mistake that where people go wrong with is selling and not connecting, is putting out too much of about what you do and not about why you do what you do. That's what people want to know. They want to feel it in their hearts, not in their heads. Get out of your head, get into your heart, and let people know why you do what you do. And I think we could all use with, with writing that down on a post-it and putting it on the bathroom mirror or something so that we see it every single day as a reminder. And that actually kind of leads into what I was going to ask you next about connection and how to sort of form relationships with strangers on the internet without coming across as sleazy or desperate either. And, and a lot of that has to do with what you've already talked about, you know, offering all kinds of value and, you know, really showing up as, as yourself and why you're doing what you're doing, as opposed to these are all of the services that I offer and this is how you can pay me. Um, but do you have any other tips about that? Because I feel like people get really nervous and concerned about how to make those connections and how to take that first step, especially if, you know, people are feeling a little bit like kind of shy or something like that. How, how can we sort of step out of, out of that little bubble? You know, it's one of those things where I had to learn from my own mistakes to understand what I was doing wrong, to understand what to do right to then help other people. So for anyone that's spent any time on LinkedIn, I don't think anyone has not yet fallen victim to someone messaging them this huge, long, drunk log where it's just paragraph of paragraph of paragraph of, of trying to sell someone and, and go to this website, watch this video, check this out, opt in for this, watch this. That's, that's not the way that you want to form connection, rapport, and relationship. So the easiest thing to do, and, and I've done this in trainings, and it's a three-step formula. Step one is you message someone when they become a connection, not right away because that seems very robotic. So you want to wait a day or two of the person becoming a connection. And you want to send them a message. And, and you, this is just the basic outline. You can kind of fill the blanks in with yourselves. 
and I'm going to use Emily as an example. So if, if I had a podcast business, I have my own podcast, but it, it leads into my business. But if podcasting was my business, I would want to connect with other podcasters. So I would make a connection with Emily, who I saw also had a podcast, and I would basically send her a message that said something along the lines of this. One, you state their name. Hey, Emily, great to be connected to you. I know that sounds so elementary, but it's so true. You state the person's name and you state the reason why you're actually messaging and reaching out to them without trying to sell them or pitch them. I saw that we both are podcast hosts and I would love to learn more about yours and share more about mine. There's your reason. Then the third part of this formula is the CTA, the call to action. And something that I always tell my clients and students and any classes that I teach is questions lead to answers. Those that don't ask will never know. So if you make a statement, it's not going to go anywhere. So I finish with a call to action. Would you happen to have any time this or next week to hop on a call to learn more about each other and how we can support one another here on LinkedIn? And it's really that simple. You state their name, the reason for reaching out with a call to action. So you can take that and you can make it into whatever you want. Obviously, there's deeper ways to do it, but from a foundational and infrastructure standpoint, that's a great way to start because when someone sees that message, you always want to think about if you are receiving a message from someone, how would you respond to it? So if you sent that message and you were sending it to yourself, would you be open to talking to that person? So if one of your core values is connection and collaboration, then absolutely, and that's what you're trying to do. You're sifting and sorting. You're trying to, again, peel back those layers to find the quality over the quantity of the connections that you have, and that is a very, very simplistic, authentic, genuine, and real way to message someone on LinkedIn. I love it, and, and I would be very responsive to that too because you can, you can tell when you're being sold to. Like We can all smell bullshit, especially more than any, more than ever before because we've become much more savvy and all consumers are much more savvy than they've ever been before. And when you come at it from a really genuine way, people can sense the sincerity and that makes such a difference. And that is the kind of person that people want to connect with. So just, I think re remembering that these are just human conversations. <laughs> I always remind people like whoever you're reaching out to, like they're just, they're human. So if you just approach it as a human, as opposed to trying to look for, you know, what can I get out of this person or what can I, how can I benefit the most from this connection? Just come at it human to human. And that is what is going to lead you to an actual conversation and help you figure out if this is going to be someone worth connecting with or not. All shit stinks, including, <laughs> bull including bullshit. So just really think about always think about the end user in mind. And that's something that I, I constantly practice every day. How, why is the end user on this platform? Why is someone on Facebook? Why is someone on Instagram? Why is someone on LinkedIn? And what kind of message or content can I create to speak to that person? If I was the end user, how would I most relate to it? And how would I best respond to it? That's a great way to look at it. I love that. Okay, I'm gonna switch gears a little bit because this, this does tie into connection, but before we jumped on, I asked you if there was anything that you woke up you know, kind of super passionate about today or anything that was exciting you, lighting you up at the moment. 
And you had a really interesting example of something that happened to you just this morning. And this is why I ask these questions because it always seems to bring up things that are so relevant in the, in the moment. So I would love to hear what happened to you this morning and kind of how it affected you and, and walk us through that a little bit because we were just having a fascinating conversation about this. And I was like, stop, we, we need to hit record so that we can get all of this on, on, uh, <laughs> on the podcast. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it's, it's really interesting. Um, my my uh, emotional maturity is always tested. And so I, I, I have something called the Network Marketing Academy. It's, it's a place where beginning network marketers can start to learn about the industry and the profession. And I had this woman who paid in full for the year. And typically, there's no refunds with that. If they do month to month, they can cancel, obviously, just like a gym membership. But this woman emailed me because she wanted a refund because she was stopping network marketing or whatever her reason was. And I sent her the policies and procedures. And I basically said, uh, you know, unfortunately, there are no refunds for a paid in full. Uh, feel free to continue to use the membership and I will cancel the auto renew for next year. She was not happy with that response. And she came back to me with a couple open-ended threats that basically said that she was going to go to my state's attorney general she was going to report me to this, that, or the other. And then she signed it, Mr. LinkedIn, which obviously was a, a, a really, it was a jab. Now, the old me would have responded much differently, but I, I wanted to respond because I'm very protective of my energy and I'm very protective of positivity and negativity. And I didn't see this going down any positive road, except if I was going to lead the way. So I gave her the refund of what she asked. And I sent her an email and I said, just want to let you know, I gave you the refund. You should get an email from my provider letting you know. And I also, out of convenience, I removed you from all of my email lists. So you never have to get anything from me ever again. Continued success and have a happy holiday season. And she wrote back, thank you so much. I appreciate it. Have a great day. So again, what I learned was, that sometimes we're the punching bags. And, and I didn't know what was going on in this woman's life, but something had to have been going on in her life where it compelled her to take it out on me. Now, I wasn't gonna sit there and take it personally. This was just something professional. I had to remove my personal feeling from it and respond to it in a professional manner, and I did. And I blessed and released because in business, in life, you need to be so, so protective of your energy and who you give it to and who you get it from that her energy was not going to serve me in any way, shape or form. And to protect that, I had to bless, release, see you later. Here's your $200 back. And now I'm able to keep the door open for my, the right kind of people to walk through. Because if you spend all that time, that energy and that effort going back and forth with this person, it's basically blocking the energy of the right people to be able to walk through. So the quicker that you can bless, release, and move on, the more of the right people will walk into your life. And this is really powerful because, and I have gotten sucked down this rabbit hole before, and I think most people have, about being so heavily impacted by one negative reaction or one negative comment or, or whatever it is in comparison to 100 positive ones. And we can stick on that, that one negative thing and it can not only you know, just make us have a bad day, it can turn into a bad day, it can really impact our creativity. 
and how we start showing up in the world and, and the, the different offerings that we're coming out with and the way we're connecting with people, we can allow it to take over. And I think that it's a really powerful example of sticking by your principles, but at the same time, recognizing when it was time to loosen the reins a little bit for the sake of <laughs> separating yourself from that type of energy to move on to the next and to make room for someone who is going to be a better fit for you. What you think about most often is what you become. So, and the same goes for allowing things to affect you. So if you're constantly thinking about all these negative things and this person and they tried to screw me and F them and whatever it is, that's what's going to become. You, negativity attracts negativity. Positivity attracts positivity. So, you know, also everyone knows that, that misery loves company. So whatever is going on in this person's life, I want no parts of it. So the, again, the quicker the, the, the quicker the way I can get to removing that person's energy from my life, from my sphere, from even my email list, I don't want that person near any of my shit. Like literally, bye-bye. And you know, there's that, you know, bye Felicia. So basically <laughs> I, I couldn't, I couldn't get rid of that person quick enough. And, and again, you know, thoughts and prayers out to her and whatever she's going, going through, but I, I don't have time for that kind of energy. I'm so forward thinking and forward going and she can jump back on my train if she ever wants to, but I'm going to leave her at the stop that she's on because I'm rolling forward. Well, and, and the other interesting part that, that you mentioned as well was that it, it can also really come down to having compassion when someone does show up that way. Because even though, you know, they might be treating us like a punching bag and they're taking it out on us, rarely is it ever about us. It's, it's usually almost always about the other person and it can become a little bit easier to move on from those types of interactions when we recognize that it's not about us because we just have such a tendency to take it so personally. If we can turn that around and, and not in a blaming way, just in a recognizing that hey, you know what, this, this person might actually have some other things going on that have nothing to do with me. I, I think that that just makes that shift a little bit easier. I mean, any shift in your life, it, it, from a foundational standpoint, sometimes if you overthink things, it, it, it can be quite difficult. But again, we create problems out of nothing. Mm -hmm. And again, I always say to people, your thoughts are a choice. Your feelings are a choice. If something is hard and you tell yourself it's hard, then it's going to be hard. But if you say this is figure outable, this is easy, this is doable, then it becomes figure outable, easy, and doable. So at a core foundation, you just always have to remind yourself that every feeling, every thought, every action, every non-action, every reaction, every non-reaction is a choice. So if you live life by choice, you're choosing to live life the way that you choose to. Oh, so powerful. I love this. Scott, this has just been amazing. You're, you're just so full of information and I really, really appreciate your attitude on all of this as well. Um, I also want to be respectful of your time. So <laughs> let us know where people can find you and connect with you. Um, I know that you also obviously have some coaching services available as well, because I think that when people start thinking about LinkedIn, their heads explode. So you have all kinds of amazing resources and things that you can offer to help people down that road as well. <laughs> Absolutely. So again, just grateful and honored to be here today with, with you and your audience. So my website has a lot of my services on there. It's www.scottaaron.net. 
There's also uh, a free infographic, but also there's a link to my number one best-selling book, the LinkedIn book for network marketing. It's not just for network marketing. You can literally just cross out where it says network and it's the LinkedIn book for marketing. Uh, that's available for Kindle and uh, Amazon paperback. And on Instagram, I'm at Scott Aaron LinkedIn. On Facebook and LinkedIn, I'm just under Scott Aaron, S-C-O-T-T-A-A-R-O-N. And on my website, I do also have the ability to book a free 15-minute discovery call with me where I can learn more about you, your business, what you're struggling with, and if we would be a good fit together. So I am always happy to talk to people to see if we're in alignment with I would be a good fit for you. So that's basically how people can get in touch with me, and I love connecting with people. So definitely reach out. And uh, Emily, again, thank you so, so much for this opportunity, and I'm looking forward to having you on my podcast. Oh, and my podcast is called Network Marketing Made Simple. It's on Spotify, iTunes. And I release two episodes a week. So you can get some more free resources and trainings from me on that podcast as well. I love it. And I always wrap up with just one final question. So if you could offer people just one piece of advice on growing into the best possible version of themselves, what would it be? I'll give you two. I love it. <laughs> Number one, your failures will always open the doors to your successes. So don't be afraid of failure. Love failure because that teaches you how to succeed. That's number one. Number two, always know that there are millions of ways of how to succeed and there's on, only one way to fail and that's to quit. So as long as you don't quit on yourself, you are guaranteed to find a way to succeed. That's so powerful. Scott, this has just been fantastic. I feel like you've given us so much to think about and you've left us with a ton of value to take away and actually utilize. Um, and this has just been such a great interview. I'm so grateful. Thank you so much. Thank you, my friend. Grateful for you. And thank you to your audience and, and looking forward to having you on mine. And again, I appreciate you in this opportunity. I love it. Thank you. <laughs>